Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on the stack, we casually read some comics and just kind of chat about it. That's right, because we haven't read these. When we start the podcast, we haven't read the comics, and we read and review them simultaneously. (laughs) Super cash. We're mega minds. That's why most of our podcast is, whoa. Oh! What? Oh, Uh, that's an ad. Whoa! Oh! It's emotional. That's before we even open up the comic books. That's just us looking at the cover. Yeah. (laughs) Because we really analyze it like people in a museum. Mm. Did you know, actually, if you go into a museum and you flip open the art, there's more pages there? That's I've actually heard that. The Mona Lisa is actually a pretty (laughs) intense vampire story. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's why she's smiling like that. All paintings are covers. Take that home. Uh, That, (laughs) if you tried to do, would be a strange adventure, which ties in very nicely for our first book from DC Comics, Strange Adventures, number one, written by Tom King, art by Mitch Gerard and Evan Doc Shainer. Uh, This is, I think it's fair to say like the third in a trilogy after Vision and Mr. Miracle. Yeah. Uh, this is a take on the DC character Adam Strange. Uh, and you're getting two different worlds, two different takes on the art. Uh, one is a very classic adventure drawn by Evan Doc Shainer. And then you have a more modern adventure, a more uh, sad take. I An adventure a, of yeah, going to a book signing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, ultimate adventure. Uh, but this is about Adam Strange is back on Earth. He fought on Ron. Ron? Rain? I always say Ran. Ran. Yeah. Double N's. Uh, ran, uh, and he came back, wrote a book about it, and he's a big superstar, and then some stuff starts to go predictably wrong. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this big issue? Lots of hype on this. Pete, you want to start this one off? Yeah, yeah. I definitely think it's one of those things where I'm happy that this is back. Like, I've missed Tom King's, like, storytelling, the way he kind of takes a character, really takes an emotional dive on the person. It's the pace is thought about like the panel layouts. I miss this and it's nice to have it back. The art's amazing. The storytelling's great. It's really impressive what Tom King has set up for us. And it's really fun to kind of keep going back into this kind of style. It's, Interesting to hear you say that, because if I remember correctly, you hated the entire run of Vision and were pretty pissed off the entire time of Mr. Miracle. Well, not pretty pissed off. It was an emotional roller coaster, and I was worried about where it was going to stop. Too sad. Like all roller coasters. Right. Yeah. You want to you want to know but when it's going to be over? It stuck the landing and really became by the end one of my favorite books. They, what I yeah I know what's crazy about comics is they especially limited series is they start and you th- they could go on forever. <laughs> uh, that's what the word limited means. That's exactly that's what limited means. Um, yes. What do you think, Justin? Uh, I mean, I like this a lot. Uh, to your point, this is like the third in the trilogy of the like man superheroes have melancholy lives right. and are like inside uh, pretty depressed. Um, this I feel like feels a little bit more while Mr. Miracle was like he was traumatized and it feels like 
truly depressed and coming out of it uh, through the story. This feels like maybe Mr. Mirror or maybe um, Adam Strange is a little bit of a sociopath or yeah. something and uh, sort of a darker take, an American psycho take, which I'm into that. Um, and he reacted to what may be the death of his uh, daughter and became uh, sort of crazy. I, very curious to see how it goes. Yeah, it does feel like, and he talks about this a little bit in the back matter, that as opposed to Mr. Miracle, he doesn't mention Vision, but I think it goes under the same yeah. uh, heading, as well as Heroes in Crisis a little bit, because that was yeah. so focused on Wally West. Uh, but here, he seems to be saying something more about fame, about celebrity, about yeah. America the way it is now. I'm really curious to see where it goes on that journey. I love where it ends up, without spoiling it. Uh, it sets it up for some very exciting, interesting things. Uh, and despite the black label on the front, it does seem like it's much more tied into DC continuity than other yeah. things. So should be interesting to see how that affects things potentially. Yeah, it feels like maybe the black label's there because it's going to get into some fucked up dark stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean... The, the art is amazing across the board. Mitch yeah. Gerard is amazing. Evan Doc Shaner is amazing. He's my doctor. That's how good oh, he is. Really? Yeah. He's my doc. I call him doc. Uh, wow. Take two comics and call me in the morning. I'm very unhealthy, but yes. I'm being treated with some great work. Uh, particularly the stuff on Ron? Rain? What are, <laughs> Did well, we just have this conversation? Are you having a psychotic break? A little bit, I think. Uh, that's the, the fight scenes there are incredible. Amazing. Yeah. And it's... So interesting to see how well they work with Mitch Gerard's uh, because sometimes you could have like multiple hours of the book. It could feel very fractured. This feels seamless throughout. It's very nice. Yeah. Also, it's nice to see like a uh, angry comic book guy in a comic, you know? I think it was angry book guy. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. Same thing. Same diff. Same diff. Uh, well, that's strange to hear. You know what else is strange? There's another title that starts with strange. Strange Academy number one from Marvel Woo-hoo! by Scotty Young. Art by Humberto Ramos. Uh, this has also been very heavily hyped. They've been putting yeah. previews in every single comic. Bathroom? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, Bathroom comic, stall? Comic, yeah. yeah. Uh, behind some paintings as well. That's true. Yeah. Big behind a lot of the sculpture work. Right. And... Um, the, uh, anyway, they've been hyping this up, but this is basically. Can you name like, a museum? Uh, you should name, <laughs> name our name uh, two to museum challenge. No, no, no. That's that's your mama, mama. Yeah, your mama and your dada. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, this, I mean, the art alone is worth picking this up. You, you love that, Umberto? Yeah, you do. yeah. This is just unbelievable stuff. Uh, and this is great. It kind of feels like the creativity of when uh, Wolverine ran his own school. And this is just like, what a great idea that maybe we've seen before, but it's a great team of people. So it's exciting. We have... Can I can I set up the premise real sure, quick? Sure, sure. Uh, it's a magic school. Yep. <laughs> there you cool. go. I, but I thought that was important before we get into it. It's, yeah. uh, it's Doctor a strange Str- academy. Yes. Ooh. I mean, you can kind of figure it out. But it's, it's a bunch of legacy... Uh, magic characters. You have like a teen Dormammu and Dormammu, uh, Dormammu and mm-hmm. other characters like that. What's tough is at home, you guys didn't see the shoulder work that Zelvin did while I was talking. No, it, was was like, it was very nice. A little teen Dormammu. Dormammu. Yeah, no, I love that. Uh, and other characters like that who are the, the legacy characters going to school run by Doctor Strange uh, and other magical characters. 
it's a very clear setup in this first issue. Yeah. Um, it's very much my jam. Like, I've liked yeah. other titles like this, so I also like this. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's cool. It feels, uh, it reminds me of, like, Generation X back in the day. Like, those sort of introduce a bunch of teens, and they all have little mysteries and problems. Uh, we get a great setup on uh, one of the characters um, who's hanging out, who's roommate. I love when they pair them up with, as roommates. Yeah. She's roommates with uh, the girl from Limbo, and she straight up says, you got a fucked up secret, and I know what it is. Yeah, but I'm not uh, going to tell I'm anybody. not going to tell anybody. Yeah, all that stuff, great mysteries. Um, Doctor Strange seems very fun in this title as oh, well. Yeah. Sort of like a little more hip mm-hmm. than uh, you would it's, think. The whole thing is very piloty, but I think in the right way where it doesn't, it hits all the notes that it needs to hit in a first issue like this and covers all the ground that it needs to cover, um, which is not an insubstantial thing to do in the page count of a comic book. So yeah. uh, I think it's a good, really good, solid first issue. Yeah, worth the hype. There you go. Uh, good job, Marvel. Good job, DC. You're really hyping up your comic books. Yeah. Uh, let's move over Good to- job, job, Daddy. Good job, Mommy. <laughs> we <laughs> love you. Moma good. Dada good. Comics good. Oh, boy. Uh, let's move over to Boom Studios. King of Nowhere, number one, written by W. Maxwell Prince and our illustrated guy. by Tyler Jenkins. Our guy? Yeah, that's the dude who does Ice Cream yeah, Man. Yeah, that's he's right. Our, he's oh, our guy. shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know he was our guy. He's our guy. We've yeah. talked about every issue of Ice Cream Man. Yep. Yes. So this... Yeah, that's like 18. Uh, no, no, no. I know. Uh, I, I don't know if he knows... He's our guy. That, that that's says it, it's not a requirement for someone to be our guy oh, okay. or my guy. Like, yeah. which one of you is my guy? Ready? Answer on the count of three. You ready? One, two, three. Alex. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I'll never tell. Uh, <laughs> so this is sort of a dream. I'm my own guy. <laughs> You're your own guy? Yeah. Cool. I'm my number one man. Oh, that's weird. Oh, okay. What does that even mean? <laughs> that's a reference to the original Batman movie directed by Tim Burton. Nice. You're my number one guy. Pete knows uh, what I'm talking about. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah Jack Palance. You like Bob the <laughs> sidekick? Uh, henchman? Um, so this comic is like a dreamy man walks into a dream kind of thing, and then he really realizes maybe it's not a dream. Right. Yeah. It reminded me, this might be the art style and the fact that the first creature he encounters is somebody with antlers, but it reminded me a little bit of Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Uh, Except for the end. No, definitely not the end. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I like the setup. It is very dreamlike and weird, similar to Ice Cream Man in terms of that. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of darkness, and then it gets a lot more darkness by the end, which I think is neat. Uh, art is amazing. A really fun way to kind of start a book where the main character is like, this is definitely a dream. No consequences here. I'm going to live this dream out and have some fun, which I thought was a kind of cool choice. And then That's you what know, you do in your dreams. Oh, I talk about about it being a dream most of the time. You know? uh, in your you lucid dream. Yep, exactly. Really? Nice. Mm-hmm. You have control of your dreams. Sometimes. You're so. a dream warrior. You barely have control over your life. How do yeah. you have control over your dreams? Thanks for bringing and that up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess it all started uh, when I was five years old. Oh, and okay. uh, yeah. No, yeah, I think that it's fun. Yeah, it's l- like a sweet tooth in a sense. But um, yeah, I'm very excited. It does a great job of setting up this cool world and getting you excited for more. Yes, and it is very much like Cool World. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, As an ice cream fan of Ice Cream Man, I'm excited to see this be um, sort of an extended narrative uh, version of one of those stories. Were you upset there was no references to Ice Cream Man at all? No, okay. I was not. I would have been surprised by that. Uh, yeah. Right. Just like in the way when you're reading Batman, you're not like, 
He didn't even mention the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's uh, speaking of which, Avengers. I don't know if you know, are published by Marvel Comics. Uh, Marvel. Oh, is, uh, that's jeez. Ah, Marvel is publishing another book this week called Rescue Twenty Twenty Number One, written by Dana Schwartz, art by Scott Hanna and Jason Burrows. This is tying into the whole Iron Man Twenty Twenty Robot Revolution storyline, and yeah. here we get a focus on ye old Pepper Potts. Yo, Pop. Goes on adventure, tries to track down Tony Stark's mama, mama. and uh, find out what's going on with her. Yeah, so we get a little pep origin story in this. I wish someone would rescue 2020. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. I, I yeah. Think I Sorry, I'm uh, this is definitely a dream, right? I'm a political commentator. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Buckle uh, up. Now, Pete, we've talked about this a lot recently. Um, you hate robots. Right. Um, so now this... Uh, it must have been really cathartic f- uh, for you when the robots are trying to write music, which yeah. you hate music, too. Uh, must... No, no, I hate the fact that you're trying to get robots to write music. Me? Not, not was, you specifically. Was it nice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking all my appliances to please write music. Uh, do, do, do you like this, that uh, Pepper Potts is just busting up some robots? Yeah, exactly. You shoot uh, first, ask questions later, especially when it comes to robots. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was a kind of fun, creative take on it a little bit. I thought the robots they created were adorable. Um, yeah, I think this is an interesting... They were cute. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of what it would be like if Pepper Potts was running things a little bit. So I feel like this is setting up a cool world to play in. I don't like the movie Cool World. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, you're the one who keeps saying it. Is it yeah. Ron or Ren? Uh, <laughs> I like this a lot, too. Um, they do a great job of... Uh, showing a series of scenes of Pepper being um, this like super smart kid and uh, really excelling in all of her fields, and then she gets uh, constantly uh, put in the lower position because of her relationship with Tony Stark, both as a, a boss, employer, and like their uh, further relationship. So I love that in here as just a way of being like maybe it's her time to shine, and yeah. then she gets that here. It's cool. Uh, I think you're thinking of Rain, Spider-Man Rain. That's it. Ah, there we go. Uh, All right, let's move on and talk about Ahoy Comics Billionaire Island number one, story by Mark Russell and art by Steve Pugh. Uh, This is, I believe, the same team as Second Coming, which was so controversial it got kicked out of DC Comics. And I kind of started Ahoy Comics, so that's good news. Yeah, cool. Um, But Billionaire Island is exactly what it sounds like. It takes place in a not too far our future where most of the climate has been destroyed. Mm-hmm. All these billionaires have moved to this paradise island where they live. And of course, things are not exactly what they seem and are much darker and upsetting than you think they are. Uh, but true to Mark Russell's form, very satirical, very pointed, very funny throughout. Yeah. I did not know exactly what to expect going into this, but as usual, he delivered a really well thought out, well written book. Agree completely. And this is a comic. A there's a character that reminds me of a little guy called the Punisher. And I'll tell you what, I like him in this book. Yeah, yeah. He's like good Punisher. Exactly. He's like Punisher with a uh, socio political edge. Oh yeah. Unlike the Punisher in Marvel comics, who's just like. Bang hey, bang. Fuck you, man. So <laughs> I don't like criminals. I have an antiquated understanding of evil. Is Thomas Jane the best Punisher here right now? (laughs) On our podcast? (laughs) Dirty laundry. (laughs) Shut up, man. This is awful what you're doing right now. Stop doing this. Uh, He's not dumb. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) What? 
<laughs> so I was reloading my guns oh my just, just to put I'm gonna murder you. Did you commit I'm a crime? you with your own microphone. Stop. I have a limited and unnuanced understanding oh of good God. and evil, <laughs> crime and punishment. Hey, excuse me. Did you commit a crime? Bing bang. <laughs> That's my favorite uh, part in any Punisher book when he very politely asks people whether they're committing crimes. <laughs> excuse me, Jigsaw. Just have to ask you. This, uh, is, this you is the voice of Bullwinkle, I think. <laughs> Well, you anyway. up to no good. <laughs> oh dear, Frank Castle. Well, I'm glad you guys are having fun. Uh, you remember the comic we were talking about at all? It's Billionaire nope. Island. Yeah, I do. So not. I, did, I'm smart. I don't like the premise of this. You know, it's kind of a shitty future. Uh, but I think I that mean, it's a realistic future. It's like three years away at this point. <laughs> cool, great. Um, but the humor helped me with it because uh, it's kind of a dark premise. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you know this. Uh, you don't have much of a comedy background, Pete. But uh, I think you find God. that. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, but for those listeners out there, I think like I, I always feel like that's why satire works in the in the best sense. Right? Is that it allows those harder truths to go down a little easier because you're laughing at something like a journalist and a bunch of flunkies being trapped in a hamster cage and drinking out of... Uh, but you're a journalist. You should be like, oh, this really bothers me. This could happen I to you. I don't think that'll happen to me, but it if it could. does happen to me, it's my own fault. All right. Because wow. I went to the door that said waiting room. Yeah. In my face. Uh, uh, but yeah, like you're laughing at that stuff. You're enjoying that stuff. So you're able to understand and appreciate the point they're making in a, a better way. Same as with Good Punisher at the end there. Yep. <laughs> That's All right, me. Next one to talk about Outer Darkness 2, number one from Image Comics. John Lehman, creator, writer, Afu Chan, creator, artist, cover, and Rob Gilroy, creator, artist, cover. This is, of course, a mashup between Outer Darkness, an image title, and Chew, one of our favorite image titles. Yeah. And as John Lehman talks about in the back matter, this is a very much more a Chew story and very much also a postscript to this uh, story of Chew. So it's yeah. one final thought, one final note about Tony Chu and his world. Uh, well, like a little uh, digestif. Aperitif? Uh, yes. No, aperitif is first. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It sounds like after teeth. (laughs) (laughs) When does this go? (laughs) Anyway, uh, I I thought this was great. Like, it was just, it was so nice to see these characters back again, thrust into this also weird, crazy world. It's just super fun. Yeah, Yeah. I, I love the setup of this, the, the different characters and then the bringing them back, uh, uh, kind of from into the future. It was great. Uh, I, yeah, I was happy to see them again, and, and they do a great job of setting up this kind of new premise to play in in a way that uh, feels creative and worth it. Yeah, I, I agree. It's fun. Um, I wasn't, I didn't read Chew, really. Oh, you guys were the Chew guys. Boo. The Chew heads. Um, but I, this is very fun. And We uh, Chew. Meet. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and Outer Darkness, another book that I haven't really been reading, is sounds awesome, looks awesome as well. Ooh. Yeah, it absolutely does. Effective crossover. Uh, if you've never picked up those titles, uh, don't pick this up because it's a kind of a deep dive. But if you're a Chew yeah. fan, you can definitely jump right into this and have a blast with it. Yeah. We are going to take a break and be right back. Hey, Alex here. Remember that feeling when you'd subscribe to comics, get one in the mail, and it felt like you were receiving solid gold? Well, what if you could get that feeling but with actual gold? Thanks to this week's sponsor, Acre, you can. Acre is the new subscription platform for gold. 
Acre lets you make small monthly payments and then sends gold straight to your doorstep every few months. You subscribe to comics, right? Uh, And maybe someday you'll sell them if the paper doesn't dissolve and the staples don't fall out. It's expensive, unlike Acre, which is affordable. You don't have to pay out of your pocket all at once. It's convenient. Just set up the subscription and forget about it, and you will get, no joke, physical gold bars mailed to your doorstep. Acre-branded gold is of the highest quality, designed in California and minted in Switzerland, my favorite state and favorite country, respectively. It's safe and simple with gorgeous packaging and excellent customer service, and here's how it works. You subscribe for just $50 a month. That's right, no need to break the bank. Start buying gold for just $50 a month, and there's even a $30 per month option even less breaking of the bank. Then you watch your gold grow. It's like watching that stack of unread comics grow dangerously next to your bed. Except guess what? Acre will keep you updated on your gold stash as you make progress. And once your gold stash reaches the price of 2.5 grams Acre gold bar, they will discreetly ship you your gold. Most of all, you're in control. You can easily cancel or modify your plan to suit your needs at any time. No epic crossovers where you have to buy all the issues. Just gold, gold, gold. Find out more by going to the link in our show notes and start your Acre Gold subscription today. All right, right back into it from Marvel Comics, Spider-Man Noir Number 1, written by Margaret Stoll and art by Juan Ferreria, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Why not? Uh, This is a reboot and bring back ye old uh, Spider-Man Noir. He is dealing with some black and white mysteries with a dash of color. In his black and white world, Pete, you are raising your hand. What's going on? I'm dying to. I, I say this all the time, but the art alone is worth it. This is such amazing artwork, uh, paneling, storytelling. It's really, really good. I uh, can't recommend this enough. I was just blown away when I opened up this book. One particular thing I really liked in here is uh, there's a moment where you see uh, Spider-Man Noir is using his spider sense. Yeah. And it's done in a non, uh, sort of in a three-dimensional yeah, way. Yeah, three-day plane instead it, of, yeah. And I thought that was really, usually you just see like random spikes coming out yeah. of Spidey's head. And this, you see just sort of, it's like a two-dimensional like uh, wash almost. Little, almost like a crown around him. It was, it was really just cool. really cool. It was something, a smart way I'd never seen the spider sense done This before. worked real well. Yeah, I mean, great. the dialogue was perfect across cracking. the board. It was cracking dialogue. Uh, that was great. As you mentioned, the art was great as well. I really loved the way they used splashes of color throughout yeah. to emphasize certain moments. Yeah. There was one point where Peter Parker was eating a uh, raw, a hard-boiled egg. That was a little weird. Why? Because it's gross? Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, I don't like this. Yeah, just gross. walking around on the street with a loose egg? No I was thanks. talking to somebody at my office today, and he was just eating an egg. Oh, oh, God. Come on, man. You say anything? Huh? What am I going to say? You're Knock it say, out of his hand? you going to eat that in front of me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Was I, he putting salt on it? No, he was just like peeling it over the garbage oh, can. Oh, God. Putting it in his mouth like a snake. Oh. Was this uh, Jesus or Romero? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of them. Yeah, that's gross, man. Great guess, though. The, the two uh, <laughs> obvious guesses. Yeah. Uh, next one to talk about this is a big one from DC Comics. The Flash, number 750 by Joshua Williamson, Jeff Johns, Francis Manipool, and Brian Buccioletto, Marv Wolfman, and Scott Lubdell. Art by Rava Sandoval and Steven Segova. Uh, Scott Collins, Francis Manipool, Riley Rosmo, David Marquez, and Brett Booth. As usual with these sort of DC anniversary <laughs> issues, the way that they've been doing them. Uh, there is a story by the 
main creative team that ties into what's going on as well as setting up the future. Uh, and then they have a couple of other tribute stories throughout from classic creative teams. So, of course, you get Jeff Johns and Scott Collins, among others. Uh, I know I'm way more into The Flash than you guys are, but curious to hear what you thought about this issue. Um, I really liked the Jeff Johns uh, Captain Cold story. I so it was good. So you love Captain Cold. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with him. Um, I like all captains. I salute them. Wow. And I'm a cold weather guy. So uh, that's that's me. Uh, this, I thought, was just such a smart take from the villain's perspective. And uh, it was soon, I didn't see that it was by Jeff Johns until after the very mm-hmm. end of the story. I was like, oh, of course. Yeah. Because he loves Captain Cold. Well, he loves Captain Cold. He was also one of the best things about his run with Scott Collins back in the day uh, was he would have these rogue files planted every six issues or so where it would focus in on, it would just be a story of Captain Cold or a story of Mirror Master. And they're all excellent. Like, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. So... Yeah, he finds these great riffs on them, and it's such a good story. What about you, Pete? Uh, so the art uh, in a lot of these uh, uh, stories was absolutely phenomenal. The, the later one with the Mirror Master with Riley Rosmo on yes. art, who just did a run on Martian Manhunter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that was uh, Marv Wolfman wrote that one, yes. and that definitely felt like I am writing for Riley Rosmo, yeah, <laughs> which is great. Which is yeah, that's what you want. Yeah, um, it's just with Flash. Like I read it and I go, ah, Zelbin loves this. Got to plow through this, you know, like this. Because you hate it. Because he loves it. Well, no, I just I for me it's just a guy who runs fast, and then the problem comes down to he's got to somehow run faster, right? And then versus the fun- Punisher, of course, whose main power okay. is oh, that yeah, he has yeah, guns. Yeah, let's pile on. And let's sometimes pile on. he's let's like, pi- yeah, cool. I gotta use more guns. Yeah, or oh. gotta use more hey, guns. Huh? <laughs> so many it's mentioned- not. Just that. Did somebody say my name? I mean, you could boil every comic book character down that way. Sure, sure. Superman has to punch, and then he has to punch harder. Uh, I'm not only a Punisher, I'm the Punisher. (laughs) (laughs) I just, for some reason, it bothers me with the Flash, and I'm sorry I don't mean to attack you. Um, That's really nice. And now I'll continue to attack you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The main Flash story, um, we get sort of two sides of it uh, with uh, Barry Allen running around. He's got a new villain. Uh, we see Godspeed again, which was also part of Joshua Williamson's run. Um, this is fun. Um, then the, the backstory is with uh, Walt, the original Wally West, who now has to sit in a chair. Yeah. He So we missed this and didn't review this. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that they did over in whatever that series was that Scott Lebdell wrote, I'm yeah. blanking on the name, uh, but Wally West ran through time got the Mobius chair because Metron died, and he also has the powers of Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Whoa. Which is... That's why it's blue. Kind of weird and fucked it's up. It's weird, yeah. And it was also weird. I was like, oh, right, Heroes in Crisis, which they reference here as well. Right. And they're setting up another big time crisis, yeah. which I was like, and it seems, this seems to be like the big event that, that we're headed towards on top of all the other nine big events going on in DC Universe right now. And I'm. it just makes you want to be like, do something just a little different. Yes. Like, I feel like so many of the crises are like, time's fucked up. And it's like, well, that's right. not, there are other ways yeah, for the universe things. to be in peril. Yes. Like, for instance, uh, some sort of outbreak. Like, that's a, something you uh, can do. Right. Like, some sort of viral. A viral no, thing. Like, no, that's something that right. would, be, would scare people. That. It would right. scare people. And, like, that's a good way to threaten our universe-wide heroes without it having to be like, guess what? Here's something hard to you conceive know, of that's messed up. You know what scares people? Treadmills. Match that with time, 
There you go. That's True. scary. Terrifying. Are you talking about a cosmic treadmill? Yeah. Oh, that is pretty terrifying. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I will say just before we move on from this about Joshua Williams' run that I, I've really appreciated is he's added so much to the Flash mythology and yeah. to the villains uh, to the point where, like, the Flash TV show right now is like, oh, great, we'll just take that thing and put that directly on TV. And there's such clear ideas, like the new villain that gets introduced at the end of his story here. Um, it's a pretty clear idea with a clear motive. Motivation. Yes. I'm not going to spoil it in case you haven't read it, uh, but it's definitely a big villain going forward, and it's, the, it's great. And not enough people are adding things to the universe. To your point, they keep going back to the same crisis well over and over, and at least with The Flash, Joshua Williamson is adding more than he is taking away or just redoing, remaking. Uh, so there you go. Let's move on to something that is new from Oni Press. Dryad number one, written by Curtis J. Weeby and art by Justin Osterling. Uh, this takes place in a fantasy world where magic has mostly moved on. A young couple with their kid moved to a town, and years later, things are super boring until they're not. Uh, I really like the art in here, yeah. and I... I feel like we talk about this a lot on the stack in particular, uh, that sometimes comics take too long to get to their premise and they introduce the premise right at the end. This one kind of introduced the premise at the end, but I think what it did so smartly is it really dug into the characters and let you live with them for a while in the yeah. first issue so that you do actually care about them by the time the thing that happens at the end happens, yeah. which I liked a lot. Yeah, it's the, the pacing of this, the way you're kind of traveling with the family... Um, I, I think it does pay off, uh, like you said, the caring. and Because I was having a hard time being like, why do I feel so attached to this more than normal? You know what I mean? I was trying to put my finger on it, and I think you did a good job with that. The, the art is great. You kind of get the uh, some classic fairy tale stuff going in, on here, so I feel like there's something for everybody. I think they set up an interesting premise and an interesting world. I'm excited to see what else is coming out. It said major saga vibes for me. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Very uh -huh. big time saga vibes. Um, so that was cool. Just like slightly different takes on it. But uh, yeah, I'm curious to see. I agree with you guys. Curious to see where it goes. Yeah. All right. Moving on to another one from Boom Studios. This is a title we've checked in with a bunch of times, uh, but figured it was worth checking in again. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, number 13, written by Jordi Belair and illustrated by Rosemary Valero O'Connell. Now here, and this is after the Hellmouth storyline, as happened on the TV show, there's a new vampire slayer. Her name's Kendra, and we spend most of the issue with her. Uh, I know you guys have been a little back and forth about this title. I like this issue quite a bit just because it spent so much time with Kendra and told a relatively complete story within the pages. Yeah, I like this as a standalone issue and sort of like dealing with her particular situation and feelings, and I liked the take on uh, like outsiders coming into set on Jamaica uh, on the island of Jamaica and like outsiders coming in and how the vampires there feel justified in uh, controlling everyone like it's very cool yeah I thought it was a great issue the art's amazing I love the design of this character really cool voice uh, kind of dealing with this thing of like getting called up and is she ready and kind of like the father figure uh, well, giving her the blessing. I thought it was really uh, very interesting and cool. I think they does a great job of like getting you excited for this character and what's ahead of her. Uh, yeah, I agree. And particularly for a character that's been kind of maligned by Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans for a while because she just walked in and said, I'm Kendra, the Vampire Slayer. And it was always this very weird, very specific accent to go back and say, no, what was the core of this character? This is a good idea. Let's figure out how we get this right way. 
is very much appreciated. That voice is haunting me now. I mean, that's <laughs> what it sounded like on the show. So oh, there so you go. Creepy. Uh, Image Comics Mercy, number one, written art and color by Mirka and Dolpha. This is about a town that prays to Satan, I think, and some people die. It's hard to tell exactly what's going on, but sure. I like the yeah. art in this book. It's yeah. great. And I actually like the storyline where it finally lands. I'm like, oh, shit. This is about to go down. It's a little... Uh, the plot is a little obtuse throughout. Yeah, it's hard to tell exactly what's happening. Yeah, you can't read it on the subway, but... Uh, oh, because a, there's nudity? Yeah. Uh, you could, you're allowed to do that. Yeah. yeah, but it's just the stigma of the nerdy guy reading comics reading that's got porno, boot, pornographic comics. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, you know, if I hate to If it makes you feel any that, better, you know. there's people straight up masturbating on the subway all the time. I know, dude. I, I'm, I've am i lived here for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Have you? Yeah. Oh, when did you move? <laughs> <laughs> oh, for you guys listening, Alex and Pete have never met. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. Yeah. We record our dialogue separately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Divas. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, um, other than that, it's kind of crazy and it's a little all over the place, but in a way that's interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Justin, though. It does hit on something and uh, firms up exactly what's going on seemingly at the end, so I'm certainly yeah. willing to give this another chance based on the art in particular. Yeah. Though, as Pete said, only read it in certain parts of the subway. <laughs> Moving over yeah. to Marvel Comics. Am I in the perv car? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Welcome, Justin. Welcome to the P trade. Uh, Marvel Whoa. number one. What? Like the R train or the they all they have letters. Yeah. You oh, just right. moved here, so you wouldn't know that. And each one stands for what kind of train it is. Yeah, but there's <laughs> no P train. The, that's the perv train. Yeah, <laughs> the S train is for spaghetti. Yeah. Oh wow! Watch out for the spaghetti train. <laughs> <laughs> that one, you're definitely going to get yeah. the virus. Did you hear? Actually, I was just I read this uh, on NY one on the way over. The S train uh, slammed into the M train, <laughs> and you had the delicious spaghetti and meatball. <laughs> My God! Yeah, and obviously the W train is the Wario train. <laughs> obviously, obviously yeah. you don't even need to say that. I just want to make sure right. for those new to the city. Yes, mm-hmm. Marvel number one by Alex Ross, Steve Darnell, Sajin Saini, uh, Frank Espinosa, Kurt Busiek, Steve Rude, and Stephen Legge. Uh, this is. According to the note in the back of the book, uh, this was uh, Alex Ross's original idea for Marvels. Like, he originally wanted to make it an anthology that brought together people who had never really worked on those characters before. Uh, So he's finally getting to do that. The framework for this is that Nightmare is our Crypt Keeper. Uh, He is taking us through all these alternate weird takes of the Marvel Universe. There's also a tease that there's an ongoing story happening throughout the issues as well. Um, But uh, basically it's an anthology. Pete yeah, the art for the start of it, really powerful, really amazing. And yeah. just kind of the reveal of the faces was so creepy and yeah. amazing. Faces are crazy. Yeah, yeah. Just like walking through a field of faces that are all like dreaming nightmares. That was intense. Yeah. Uh, but I think that like you know, anthologies can be a little like roll the dice, see what you can get. But starting with this kind of art and storytelling really kind of hypes it up and kind of gets you in there. Do you think that uh, craps players in Vegas are like, ah, I don't know, it could be a little anthology yeah sure yeah. yes <laughs> great thank you for yes ad dig me <laughs> yeah no problem uh, the... yeah the art uh, in here is phenomenal like, sorry my than... 80s phone is ringing <laughs> no <can't>. problem <laughs> yeah. uh, more than anything uh i think this is a great, amazing showcase for art uh, yes and the artists in here uh the stories are good uh you get one of classic avengers drawn by steve rude which is 
so much fun. It's classic yeah. on classic. Yeah, it's classic on classic. Uh, you get a couple of other stories there with uh, ye old Spider-Man and other things. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I would pick this up for the art more than anything. Yeah, the Spider-Man story had a real dreamlike quality to it, which sure I sort did. of appreciate. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the art is definitely the standout here. All right, last one we're going to talk about from DC Comics, Superman Villains, number one, written by Brian Michael Bendis, Matt Fraction, and Jody Hauser. Art by Michael Gatos, Riley Rosmo, Steve Godlowski, Brian Hitch, Cully Habner, Steve Lieber, and Jim Mafood. And this is picking up what? Holy shit. What? This comic is unbelievable, insane. Really? Oh, my God. When I was flipping through it, I was like, this is like... Intense and amazing. I couldn't believe the stuff that was packed in here. Really? Yeah. You Mongo loved gets it. punched through the chest. I mean, holy shit. Oh, Mongol. Yeah, yeah. Mongol. Uh, so this is ostensibly the idea of this book is that now that Superman has revealed that he is Clark Kent to the world, the villains of the world are reacting. However, in this issue, a lot of time is spent with Superman, Lois Lane, uh, Perry, Perry White, and, J- and Jimmy Olsen, kind of. Uh, yeah. But a lot of the Danny, Daily Planet people reacting to it. Uh, we also loop back to the gift that Lex Luthor gave Lois Lane. Yeah. Um, back, I don't know, a couple of months ago at this point. Uh, And every once in a while, we get a villain reacting. This is my big downside to this issue, Mm. is I wanted to see the villains reacting. Like, I wanted the promise of that cover where you had the Legion of Doom all lighting up to be like, here are our reactions to Superman. And when it got to that, I liked the book much better. Yeah, the the bits with Lex um, being embarrassed by... Oh uh, I thought that was really good. I, that was like... I think that was Mac Fraction Steve Lieber because yeah. it has the same vibe as Jimmy Olsen. And it's just... Joker leaving him message after message, just laughing and laughing and laughing and being like, you didn't figure it out, and Lex losing his shit. Yeah, very funny. So much fun. Uh, The Toy Man story was really good. The Mongol story was really good. I thought all of those really worked. The other stuff I think is fun, very Bendis of just like getting in the esoteric of like this woman who's taken over the Daily Planet is like maybe a villain who's up to no good, and they have a coup, and they're talking about it. But the art, uh, like, you kind of get Superman through the ages a little bit, uh, different takes and different styles, and that journey alone is really kind of worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's a good issue, and it's well written. I just felt like those sections... With is her name Mama Leone? Is that what it is? Uh, I don't know. Um, Taya uh, Leone? Yeah, Taya Leone, Madam uh, Secretary herself. Yeah. Uh, those nice. sections focusing on the Daily Planet to me felt like, uh, why isn't this in action comics? Why isn't this in yeah. Superman? Like, I don't need to see that in this one shot Superman villains uh, where they. I would rather see like. What does Brainiac think? What is, you know, like, Gorilla Grodd yeah, think? But what weird yeah. avenues can you go down? But your complaint is you wanted more. I think that's a good thing. No, no, no. I want a different. I, uh, mm. There you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Classic gotcha. You should go on It's there. like if you get on the R train oh, boy. and you expect Wario, you're not going to get that. <laughs> no. But what you're going to get on the R train is Rodeo. Yeah, there you go. Nonstop rodeo. Everybody does that. Yeah. Again, well, Pete doesn't know that. Yeah, Pete doesn't know that. I thought it was Wreck-It Ralph train. By the way, I want to say, Pete, it's nice to finally meet you. Yeah, Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's great to see you guys here together. Yeah. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by, and we will chat with you about comics. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at Comic Book Club Live.com for this podcast and many more. And we'll see you at the comic book shop. Boop. Back out on the streets of New York. 
punishing my way through the city. You're a fucking piece of shit. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on.